Insert your own theme tune here. Hello. That's every time. That is now every time. Till we get a real theme tune. That means you can broadcast. One day we're actually going to have a theme tune. Yeah. Not today. (laughs) And then we'll talk about not having a theme tune and then eventually say who we are. Yeah. Um, This is Kerry Marks. And this is Nick Doody. And we have a guest and it is a, may I say, a special guest. We have with us uh, Marcus Bridgestock. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, it's lovely to have you here. And we've uh, we've not told you the truth about the podcast. It's called Character Assassination. Cool. <laughs> cool. This again. <laughs> this will be fun. Go on, shoot. Why did you do that advert? <laughs> For the money. Yeah. <laughs> Obvious. Why can't people work this out themselves? It's, that is so, that's you. such simple maths. It's amazing. <laughs> I actually had someone really politely yesterday. I can't believe uh, you're admitting it was you in that honey monster suit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> someone sitting opposite. We'd had a lovely chat and she went, I, I was quite surprised that you made the choice to do that advert with Experian. Like, yeah. what, what led you to do that? And she's like, but money. Yeah. Do you not know the... I'm not surprised that you didn't make the decision. That's the answer to her, isn't it? Incredible. Because you yeah. didn't have the choice. Yeah. But I would be totally unsurprised if you, if you made the decision that I made yeah, yeah. if you had that choice. Exactly. Yeah. How, long um, does it, how long does it take to do one of those adverts? How much out of your life? Uh, it was, including the photo shoot, six days. And I did, so the year before, I did about 80 dates on tour. I did two radio series, one TV series, and probably 25 private corporate bookings. And I made more in those six days than I'd made in the whole previous year. I didn't know adverts still paid well. I thought that was the, this that one, was a bottom this one's market, crazy. Really? I, I mean, thought, well, if, you, if you're recognisable enough that people go, oh, that's their face, and yeah. your face is everywhere with the product, that, that is a you're lot, right. that's a th- lot to buy thinking, off you. I was thinking there's my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there was a funny thing. I mean, they, the character in it is called Dan. And even like comedian friends of ours were like, why are they saying Marcus Brigstock's called Dan? Because there was no like acting involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say. It's just clearly just me. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that. So you acted yourself as Dan. I acted myself as Dan. Did, my did da- it take you long to get into the role? Da- there are, well, <laughs> there are, Dan for a day. There are small differences between the... Uh, between me and Dan. The man <laughs> in it and the data self. There are small yeah. tonal differences yeah. that yes. we worked really hard on. <laughs> what like Dan first to stand up when he has a coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How long did you live as Dan? <laughs> so long. So long. I'm, pure, I'm method with all of my adverts. More, more of a question, how long did it take you to let Dan go afterwards? Yes. Oh, ages. <laughs> do you have a dream as Dan? Yeah. And I do actually genuinely sleep with my data self. So. <laughs> we, all, we all should in these, uh, yeah. these ages. Yeah. yeah, sleep with your data self. Mm. Um, okay. So cool. And and we're up here explaining where we are. It's at the Edinburgh Festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't said that yet. Yeah. Um, Which has uh, been held in Edinburgh again this year. Again. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Really it's works. totally rigged. This is like the Qatar thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it could ever happen anywhere else? It was like Glastonbury keeps threatening to have a fallow year and just move it to Longleat. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely, having been at Glastonbury, I definitely wouldn't trust those people to be near safari park animals no i, I mean think... i know there are cows on, on yeah, worthy yeah. farm and you know anyone could do anything but safari park animals that's a different beast uh, I, th- I think any animal that a child might be painted as <laughs> 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 oh is it my son or is it a real lion yeah, yeah. <laughs> the acid won't tell me but no, one of the things i really love about edinburgh is when you get off the train how undeniably in both scotland and edinburgh you are 
I adore that about it. You I walk up the ramp and there's a great big mountain with a castle on the top yep. and another mountain over there and then Prince's Street too, too many being steps a modern and, and, city. And, and cobbles for denial. Sure, really. it's yeah. it's incredible. And the smell yeah. and the sound and everything, you know. So I don't, th- no, I don't think this could be anywhere else. Yeah. It I does smell, home. doesn't it? It does smell. <laughs> I know I, what you're saying. I walked back to our flat last night and we walked through two massive and very different and both awesome graveyards that were on sort of multiple oh, yeah. levels. It was just, it, it's gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And very different in in and out of the festival as well. Yes, sure. I, I love coming up to Edinburgh any time of year. Really, it's great, great to see mm. to walk around. Yeah, but uh, but the festival um, just takes a lot longer to walk around. <laughs> so <laughs> much longer. Yeah, um, I love the festival. I love all the craziness. I I did the thing the other day of uh, I'm sure we've all done at some point of almost stopping a fight with a man and a woman who were yelling at each other. He was getting quite aggressive, and then yeah. as I walked over, going, I'm not sure what to do here. She pulled out a wooden store, sword, and I realised at that point that fucking. I was oh, right. <laughs> you know. oh, when you said almost okay. stopping a fight, I thought you meant, but then I let them get on with yeah, it. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I decided to encourage it. She probably said something. I mean, the others started clapping rhythmically first. <laughs> I only joined in. Yeah. Love a good fight. Yeah. Uh, Brett Goldstein tweeted something I think, this morning just saying that um, one of his favourite things he saw last night was uh, a very, very drunk man. Um, just upsetting everyone surrounded by people trying to get out of his way basically going oh you're fired and uh, an actor absolutely oblivious turning around trying to fly her in. <laughs> oh, brilliant that's, that's perfect isn't it you must come and see my show I think you'd really like it yeah. There's something I mentioned on stage, and it was, uh, or I mentioned occasionally, but it was, years ago there was a woman who used to fall down steps, and people would rush over to help her, and then she'd hand out a flyer. Oh, yeah. Amazing, amazing yeah. to do that. That's a good technique. Yeah, except I wonder how many people suffered for it later on, but how, many, how many elderly ladies fell down the steps and didn't get help <laughs> as a result. Ah, it's another one of those. Yeah, ignore her. Yeah. Ignore her. <laughs> don't, and don't see the show. It's terrible. Fall me once. <laughs> I'd love to know what the actual show was, though. She's got steps on stage. <laughs> All she does for an hour. And now some even bigger steps, blindfolded. There's <laughs> a musical just called Grimsdale. <laughs> so your your show's been running how many days now? Six. I've done six. Um, I think all new material. Yes. Yeah. 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 Brand new and a, and a character. I'm doing this one as Lucifer, uh, <laughs> which is fun. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, there's a couple of reasons behind it. One, I didn't particularly want to be um, me. Uh, at the right. moment talking about the state of the world yeah. I can't not do that in my stand up that's what I do it's my main interest which is why I do it on stage and actually after the last tour I don't particularly want to discuss Brexit from my point of view I like most people I know uh, have shockingly little to say about Donald Trump because for me he's all the way through and out the other end of being mockable with oh, no, are you saying doing. then that you're not doing these subjects or you're doing no them I'm doing the subjects but I'm doing it from the point of view of this arrogant self-pitying fallen angel looking at human morality from outside the idea basically is the fallen angel has given himself all the credit for giving man the choice between good and evil and basically saying, mm, I'm not sorry I did it, but I do accept that it's got more complicated since I first set you free. There were seven yeah. sins, right. and now there are, there are a billion. You can't get through your weekly shop without tearing a strip off yourselves and each other. We've become very good at inventing sins, haven't we? Yes. Way beyond the pale. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And drawing moral equivalence between a spelling error 
and locking a child in a cage. I mean, we don't really, but because of the limits of um, digital communication and the way in which social media encourages toxic and hostile interaction, there's like, you misspell there. Right. And that seems to gauge roughly the same sort of response as going, well, <laughs> uh, to be honest, something does have to be done about the Jews. Yeah. It's right. pretty similar. Like, no, 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 no. We need to, we need to put back in some steps here. Oh, well, I'll see the show, but is it a matter of interest for now, though? Are you, are you dressing up then? Yeah, I'm fully dressed up, red face, horns, uh, wings at the accent beginning, or the whole bit. Voice yeah, or yeah, different voice. <laughs> yeah. Accent. Yeah, yeah oh. the devil's accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sound like you come from you know, It's got a strong South Hades yeah. look. It's like they wouldn't talk differently than something so yeah, far yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. Got to keep it yes, a bit, a bit, yeah. Is, yeah. There, is there a bit the or devil not? In- or are you Yeah, saying- no, I am. I mean, it's, you know, I, it's interesting too, like the things that happen. So last night, um, so you go through the first bit, previews and stuff, and you get, I think, quite interested people coming for good value. They don't mind the show isn't wholly ready. Right. And then you're, we're now in week one of The Fringe, but Monday and Tuesday are two-for-one tickets. So you're definitely getting quite a lot of people there yep. for the bargain. Yep. The opening line of the show is, I'm all dressed as the same. The devil must love those people. <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Uh, one of the things I say at the beginning is I sort of apologising. I'm sorry, I'm sort of quite tired. I've spent the last few weeks having to explain to Peter Stringfellow how everything's going to work now. And uh, it's really good fun. And audiences have like slowly got it and gone, oh, oh, that's a nice image we can imagine you having to ex- string fellow all upset and last night the audience went oh <laughs> really? and I was like oh that's line one about a moral judgment on a person you know yes um, and if they're struggling we have, we have yardstick that, lines don't we at the beginning of a show where oh, we go this I, I, is I telling us how, how hard we've got to work now for the next yeah. hour Same. I'd, I'd, um, um, about uh, friends of mine who think that Corbyn is Jesus I don't know what mm. the initials and the beard and yeah stuff. Initial, you know, his ideas haven't been updated recently, and he's a controversial figure amongst the Jews. And <laughs> someone, went, whoa, <laughs> yeah. how can you that, possibly find that controversial? That's now? definitely true. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely true. I, yeah, same. I have a, I have a chunk about that in the show, which has actually has, I think, a very decent amount of release for people listening to it, where actually you don't. You shouldn't feel condemned by it unless you actually are anti-Semitic, I suppose. But um, it's weird how people respond to something that has the like the hallmark of of outrage on it. I mean, I am there's a there's a bit of a thing I think is that some of the people coming to see the show because I'm painted wearing horns and stuff. I I may be assuming that I'm using that as a reason to say a lot of shitty stuff I wouldn't say as myself, and it's. Hmm. It, it, that is I've Satan, saying, is Satan that. saying things you mean as yourself? Yes, very much so. But Satan, right. Satan is basically—I mean, the end of the show. Basically, Satan saying, "Make good choices." Right. I'm sick of dealing with people who beat themselves up over simple stuff, and you beating each other up. I'd far sooner be dealing with uh, Hitler and, G- <laughs> right. and Jimmy Savile, mm. yeah, yeah, and right. and whoever else, Harold yeah. Shipman. Yeah. Oh, there's quite a fun bit with Harold Shipman where I've just got Harold Shipman in hell, you know, um, murdered all those old people. But again, it wasn't a clear-cut decision, you know. He very nearly didn't get in. And no one has done more to clear the way for first-time buyers than <laughs> Harold <laughs> Shipman. So it's kinda, it has got 
what I would call sort of um, naughty sort of ideas like that in it, but that's exactly it to sort of test where people's morality is at. And yeah, it's really interesting to do. And it, and for me, a perfect example of not only the fringe enables those sorts of things to happen, but that then enables me to take that on tour, having refined it and take it out to everywhere. So it's not limited to here. Okay. Ask me again at the end of the tour. No, no one got it. (laughs) (laughs) How recent an idea was it? Uh, it took me about a year to, um, so you mean, you mean you had the idea a year ago? Yeah. 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 Okay. So question then, yeah. do you think there are things that you can say in that persona that you couldn't say as Marcus Bruce up on stage? No, definitely not. But there are lots of things that I choose not to. It gives you more allowance though, surely. It does, but it I. give you a bit of a mask. Too. It does, but I'm very much not using that. Because actually, it's not so much that I'm not using that, it's that I don't make that choice when I do stand up as me. I mean, I was perturbed at the end of my last tour because I had a few, not very many, but a few people walking out of my shows because of Brexit. And stupidly, I did an interview with the BBC about that and the Mail and Telegraph. So levers, as they're called, right? Yeah, that's right. Literally <laughs> they're called levers. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, the Mail and the Telegraph then, then ran a story basically saying all my shows and Stuart Lee's oh, shows right. were empty if we tried to play outside the M25, which categorically wasn't true. Yeah, um, but they love a statement, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I did sort of feel like, well, I feel very strongly about Brexit, very strongly. I'm so angry uh, and that doesn't help and I, I was kind of I don't really want to do material that if you disagree with me you're incapable of finding funny that means I'm not doing my job well enough it's interesting because I, I was um, when I started writing this show the one I'm doing now is originally I, mean, I was living with a guy uh, in, in in London who was um, narcissist extreme now, he, he was uh, Morrissey he, he was huh? Morrissey it was Morrissey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, well, he was more like Donald Trump without the money and the success, but he okay. was an impossible person to live with, uh, really unpleasant. But I started writing a show about it, but it was just hard to get beyond the personal. It, it was impossible. It was, uh, no matter how, I tried a few bits of material, and uh, it, it kept looking bitter, even if I tried to take that out. You yeah. know? And I think sometimes you get a subject that's just, it can take a while to solve. Yeah, yeah and, 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 you know, sometimes I, I suppose you have to accept... I dropped it, by the way. I just yeah, the, the, I'm not, but, not ready for doing that yet. Well, I think that's the point, isn't it? It's like, not that the idea's no good or it's impossible, but as you say, like I'm not ready to do that yet. And I definitely haven't found a way of discussing Brexit with an audience where there are Leave voters in there, where they can feel okay enough to go yeah. blah, blah, blah. I, I haven't managed that. And that's my failing as a comedian. Uh, you know... Is it, 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 might, it might, might be a failing as a human. I don't yes. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, which I'm deliberately putting that horribly. But yeah, yeah. what I mean is it might be that you, if, if, if real you, real Marcus, doesn't think that you can come up with a decent argument for leaving the European Union that you can respect at all. Yeah then how are you going to write jokes that are acceptable to people who feel that way? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I, and I put my hands up and say, I can't, I can't do it. I mean, you can cert- I can certainly find reasons where the EU is massively flawed, needs massive reform, yeah. uh, lots of uh, demonstrations of where democratically it's so problematic that you can 
almost say it's not democratic, <coughs> although I, I disagree with that. Mm. But you have to, if you're talking about something like that, throw it in the basket of that versus what else it's capable of. But do you? And I can... Yes, well, I do. No, do you represent that other view? Or, or do what, you the Leavers view? No, so, yeah. I'm no. Saying, do, you know it in your, do, you, do you know it in your head, just logically, and then not mention it? Or do oh, you, do no, you give, do you I've give done them material that space about where it. they know that you, you understand how they Yeah, I've done, I've done material about it. I mean, I had a piece, a short piece in the in the last show saying it, it's like, you know, of course the EU's massively flawed. You know, it's rattly and leaky and there's, you know, it's like the plumbing in an old house. It doesn't really work. And every time you use it, it gets a little, right. bit, little bit more dangerous. And Britain's answer is to nail the bathroom door shut and shit in the middle of the living room floor. <laughs> uh, but but I do think that the, the plumbing is loose. I mean, if if we'd that, had... That's, the... that's a very British thing, because so, it's like the plumbing in our British house. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> An old yeah, European yeah. house, northern or western European, would often just be very fine. Yeah, and also, also they that's would, why they're not getting that reference. Yeah, again. Well, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't own that house, so they'd just move. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it would be it would be simpler. But but I yeah, I mean, human comedian wherever that lies. I think because Brexit's been as upsetting to me maybe as the invasion of Iraq because that was a strange yeah. thing. You know, I started being a comedian in '96. And I'd really only known a conservative government, which had probably mostly suited me as a posh boy, to be honest. I'd never really had to question very much. But there was definitely a sense that everything had run out and it was all wrong and it all felt bad. So when New Labour came in, and I was then a very new comedian, I was looking around to see who had anything to say. And the answer was nobody for a long time, other than the glee of the Tories finally losing. And then... I think New Labour sort of suited everybody reasonably well on the comedy circuit. Certainly no one discussed whether it was yep. good or bad. It just happened. And then Iraq came along and it felt like our own people, and I, I do mean ours, I mean almost all comedians I knew were like, but, but this is our people doing this to us. It felt like such a painful betrayal. And I do remember at that time, the build-up to the Iraq war, most people I knew had some material about it and most were strongly against. And when the war began, uh, most of that got dropped by more experienced comedians. I remember playing cutting edge and having an argument with them once the war had begun. I was like, well, no, I'm still... I don't, oh, I don't yeah. want... I, 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 this is despicable. And if anything, I'm getting louder. I got booed off a fair few times around that time. Oh, really? For I, not supporting the boys. Do you know what I found? This is, was one of the one of the most interesting lessons that I've learned in stand-up. If you're going to do something opinionated, I same thing. Like, very similar material, like, material that was very, very against the war. Mm. And then we went in. <clears throat> And all this stuff started, and I, and it used to vary from gig to gig. Sometimes it'd go well, so a bit like Brexit mm. stuff. Sometimes it'd go quite badly. Sometimes just split a room, yeah. but you'd lose the crowd. And the thing that I found made me able to do that was asking the crowd, "Who here supports the war? Who's here supports the war?" Mm. and letting them say, "And who here is against the war?" Okay, mm. well I'm against it. And here's what. And once they'd had that say, they were then able to laugh at stuff that was against the war. Because it didn't sound like they're now approving of the standpoint that I'm taking. Yes. I think sometimes so they go really, with the material. It's really frustrating having to frame things, but we do have to do it. It's like the difference between saying that you can support the troops and still be against the war is often a thing that gives yeah, you yeah. That, that way in. Yeah. Because that's what they're actually getting angry with, is you're not supporting the boys going out there. But I think, 
That's an interesting point about it's frustrating that we have to frame things. And I think, it, I think that what we're doing right now is why that feels like a pain. Because yeah. all the comedians I know enjoy talking to other comedians. Because yeah. we've got this thing, we've got like a, this vast, beautiful, complex language. And we spend our time tapping it into the shape that we want to make the thing. And we have a shorthand between us. Right, we just have a shorthand. I can hear an idea that you might do on stage, Carrie, and go, oh, I love that, it's great. And the audience, maybe not so, because they don't, I found that they're too. not <laughs> doing that. Because they're you not, it. but you, you, you must have seen that. See yes. a comedian deliver a joke, you go, that's great, that deserved more. Yes, we, we say to each other, and deserved more is exactly because of that. Because I don't think we can ever take for granted that the framing isn't important it is kind of frustrating because you're like ah oh, this is just words now that i'm wasting yes yes uh, but, but it's then, key but then if we yeah yeah and it, it's sometimes it's really hard to do but sometimes when we get those words right it, it, it's worth it because it because totally. it makes the thing so much and it, and it brings the audience into into our world yeah but i think the other thing is also when we're talking about brexit or, or anything where you have a strong personal view it's, it's and it's really hard to do sometimes is to make it clear I'm not just a person with a view. It's to get them into the fact I am me. This, this is me. You can, you can, you can see this as, as my view, and not. I'm not saying this is what you have to think. Yeah. I'm only a person representing one angle and, yeah. and, and making it funny, but that's it. I mean, I try not to get too far into because, frankly, it's self pity. But the, into the idea of sort of the abuse that you get and all the rest of it, or feeling that you know we should be aggrandized in any way. That said. I do feel like, well, a comedian gobbing off about something, our name and our face and our body is in the place where that is happening. Yes. It is not the same as some shitty faceless keyboard warrior with an avatar of a gnome holding a mallet or something, or just or just, <laughs> just a flag, yeah. you know, Usually going faces, off on yeah. one, and, you know, yeah. or them, or people... And then saying, you're welcome at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think, and they go, oh, yeah, you've just solved it, well or done, Or the mate. sort of stick-to-your-day-job thing, blah, 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 and I'm like, no, like, the opinions I offer up and try always to offer up comedically so that whether you disagree with me or not, you can still, it's still possible to find them funny... I, I like the ownership of that. I like that that's a little bit risky. That can go a I little do bit too, wrong. but you know what? There is a pro- there, there, well, no, it's not a problem at all, actually, but there is a thing I noticed with personal investment in a thing, whether, whether you're talking about a political view, or even when you do the show talking about, um, I'm talking about Nick now, we, uh, mm-hmm. talking about, uh, we talk about your mum, or, or when I'm talking about yeah. the heart attack and so on. In the previews, there, there are times where I don't want to tell an audience that. I don't, I don't like yes. them or respect yes. them enough yeah, yeah. to share something that, that is personal. And also because yeah. their reaction can actually hurt me at that point. I'm vulnerable up until the point where I've got that piece down and I can separate myself from the issue I'm saying. I'll tell you honestly, I became more aware and more timid after I um, had an affair and ended my marriage. Right. Because there was absolutely a great big, very painful thing that could be flung at me that I could not and would not defend myself from because I behaved in an absolutely despicable and indefensible way. Right. For reasons that I have some understanding of now, but not much. I still think they're indefensible and despicable. It's interesting, when Andrew Lawrence sort of tipped over into whatever incarnation he tipped over into and 
said he wouldn't, but other people should vote UKIP, which was the thing that angered me more than any other. Um, he then went further, you know, blah, blah, blah. But really I had a sort of, I had a, stupidly, I engaged with it online and had a row with him about it because I was sickened by some of the things that he said. And at one stage, he came back and said, well, at least I didn't walk out on my kids and cheat on my wife. And I just, I just completely withdrew oh, yeah. because, well, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And morally, you know, I, I found myself in a place I couldn't and wouldn't defend, you know. Right. So it, that changed my view. And actually, probably uh, the resultant humility that comes along with that is no bad thing, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame that that works, isn't it? Yes. It, it just mm-hmm. hurts to us because it's, it's, it's a massive logical fallacy. It has no, it doesn't, sure. It doesn't inform yeah, yeah. anything to do with any of the arguments you're making. Yeah. Which one? It's it's had hominem or it's uh, two quoque. It's one of those, you know, where it's just that. Yeah. Can we really believe? Is you know what I mean? Sure. Well, it, it is and it isn't. If you're pointing out a flaw in some someone's logic, you're pointing out a flaw in their character as far as they're concerned, right? And so they're returning with a flaw in yours. They're going, well, you don't have the right to call me something. I mean, it's slightly. So I, you can see where it comes from. Isn't it? well, I, I can not, see not, why it I works. Would say, I would say it's logical. It, it, it works rhetorically. I know. I think it is illogical. If you're if you're talking about so the rightness and wrongness of voting UKIP or something, whether or not you've you know. It's it's like how am I to believe what this man says about quantum physics when I know he's just had a wank? Well, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But <laughs> but but you know when you talk either about politics, you know, party politics or international politics or even social politics, I don't think I've ever successfully. I don't know if I've even tried to talk about those without standing in a place that I believe to be morally superior to the people I disagree with. My right, politics right. are based, and I th- actually I think dig a tiny bit, and everybody's are, on a sense of what is right, a sense of what is morally right. Um, there are all sorts of practical things that go alongside with that. Like you could be, for example, conservative and say, well, no, I, you know, I don't think that these people should have benefits, or no, I don't think you should do this, that, the other. But that's still, I think, based on moral decisions that people make about my belief that work should be rewarded or, you know. It is demonstrably. I mean, there's a lot of very good psychological data on this. And and for me, because I tend to filter this stuff through through psychology, everyone there is, is, is working from their internal moral framework. Yeah. But you might not always be consciously aware of what your moral framework is. Mm. So somebody who said, well, I did because I believe work should end that. And they have a certain sense of fairness. Mm. Yeah. But that probably com- comes out of what um, the psychologist Jonathan Haidt would call their moral foundations and mm. like their mm-hmm. moral taste buds, where they have, a, you know, people who are wired a certain way, equality of opportunity is far more important than op- op- yeah. you know, equality of outcome. And yeah. further, nonetheless, sometimes it's yeah. the outcome is more important, yeah. and what people mean by fairness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, justice. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it even goes further. I think when you get to the far right, they, they probably still think of themselves as moral. Oh, I think they. Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. think they absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, I think there there are a lot of contortions you need to go through to yes, totally. to to get there. But I mean, we're, wa- no, we're but watching. Are those contortions that much? It wasn't that long ago before yeah, the majority true. of people thought that homosexuality was an evil that was that spread yeah. it spread evil. Um, that uh, I don't know that uh, 
whatever racist group they thought they, they thought yeah, was yeah. a genuine damage to society yeah. and the morality as they know. And yeah. I think it's very easy to talk ourselves into morality. Yeah, we, we talked yeah. about this on a previous episode about mm. what we thought would become acceptable or unacceptable in the future. Which in, in a world where now you can find a vegan restaurant, that's the same species that, like, not that many generations ago, were just burning cats for fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, yeah. 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 I was saying, like, if, if you tweet now, oh, I enjoyed that steak today, it might be in, in 20 years' time, you're hated for it. It might be just... Oh, by then, easily. Might be yeah, they're easily. I mean, try, try throwing a... Or whatever else. Yeah, try throwing a tweet about winning some money on the Grand National out there. See how that yeah, plays right, out, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means. You have to be really careful about what you say publicly. Well, because you don't yes. know where it's going to turn. Well, my, my that's interesting. If, the, in fact, some, someone, someone tweeted today about how Nye Bevan, who, of course, started the NHS... Was a big supporter of Israel, but now many people are look back on that and go that that was a, a terrible decision, right? Those people who are very anti-Israel, but in the same way, you'd say that the people who are pro-Israel then are probably the same people who are pro-refugees right now, who mm. might be judged in a different way in, in, in 30, 40 years. So yeah. well, the right and the left keep switching. It's a, it's They're a, like it's a ludicrous thing one... to, to liken no, the positions. No, I'm just, saying, I'm just like... saying these sounds move from one side to the other, and uh, yeah. what's, what's now good might be awful you know, and even even when I look at jokes and the, the change of uh, when you, uh, what was his name Gunn that guy who, uh, James Gunn James Gunn who got in trouble for telling a load of rape jokes a while ago And but I'm not saying the jokes are defensive I'm just saying there was a different atmosphere 10 years ago than there is now a lot of different thinking has come and out. I think the I think digital communication has shifted <laughs> how we think about that and how we perceive that I mean it's used regularly now on Twitter isn't it basically if someone needs to be undermined somebody somewhere will go back through their tweets and find the disgraceful one yes and then then up it goes and and all the rest of it but I think it's sort of oftentimes with social media it's not so much a question of like cowardice or even should I shouldn't I it's like is this worth my time my effort and some heartache and I on a daily basis fluctuate around discussions about Jeremy Corbyn so I'm fascinated and deeply dismayed by where the Labour Party are at right now you know where are we first week of the fringe and Labour Party in the polls are not beating these Conservatives. And they really should be. Incredible. You would have thought, yeah. And I'm angry and I'm upset about it. And on an almost daily basis, I successfully resist the urge to retweet all sorts of stuff that suggests that Jeremy Corbyn should simply step aside and the mechanism by which he's been installed by Momentum should be dismantled. Um, Because I'm like, look, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to persuade anybody. Um, they, I'm centrist dad, I'm I'm the same as Thatcher and blah, 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 blah. It's simply not worth it. But are there other ones where you feel compelled where you just kind of can't help well, yeah, sure. Bre- stuck into this? Brexit on a daily basis. Really? On a daily basis. Uh, it, it's... I bite my tongue quite a lot, I bite my fingers. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. look away. <laughs> I can't look away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually, I do have to sort of sometimes go, okay, that's it now. No more social media till tomorrow or <laughs> Wednesday or whatever. Well, yeah. I just think yeah. when you said that, you know, isn't it a disgrace? and ridiculous the Labour Party is not ahead of the polls of this yeah. shit show of a Tory party yeah. but if you think about it you shouldn't be surprised like, that the Socialist Worker Party isn't ahead of this shit show of a Tory party sure. and then if you then said so the leader of the Socialist Worker Party should step aside like where we are yeah, in yeah. a position where the Socialist Worker Party has like 
Twenty odd percent of the vote. Yeah, they've never done so well. I mean, it would be ridiculous from their point of view to yeah. step aside. I mean, it's interesting yeah. on uh, yeah. sort of not so much about comedians, but the democratization of broadcast, which is brand new. I mean, this is what? Where are we? Ten years into, you don't have to ask anyone permission to broadcast. This is abs- what we're doing now, making a podcast and just putting it out there into the world. This is absolutely brand new. You yeah. could always print leaflets. You could always host a meeting or whatever. But this is of a different order. And we collectively don't know what to, what to do about this yet. I mean, Alex Jones, you know, the InfoWars freak, has today <laughs> been banned from Facebook and uh, YouTube for life, apparently. Yeah, and what, what we we don't do know do we don't know how to manage. You, you, that. you just played us the clip, which is worth checking out. It's amazing. And, and it? when you described it, I thought you were doing like a characterization of. No, the clip I couldn't. I realised you were doing an exact. Yeah, uh, I couldn't even go as far as how how angry and sad. Someone, and, ah. Yeah, it's just like a guttural howl that he does <laughs> about this about yeah. this the the feeling that he is entitled within two privately owned companies. To have this platform. This is what I find really interesting. I mean, this happened with Count Dunkula. Uh, Dankula? Dunkula? Don't know. Not sure. Dankula, I think. Uh, whether he should have been prosecuted or not, I, I haven't. I'm not sure I know the case. So Count Dankula, Dunkula, whatever he was, made a video which most people described as Nazi pug, where he got oh, his girlfriend's right. dog to do a yeah. Nazi salute. Everybody right. described it as Nazi pug. And talked about it like it was about a dog raising its paw in response to being given a treat, which all dogs will do. It didn't do a Nazi salute. I found his repeated, yeah, his repeated use as the trigger for the dog, gas the Jews, repeated again and again and again and again. Uh, Very unsettling, very upsetting and gross. And would far rather have seen YouTube say, as a private company, nope, nope, off you go. You are banned. It's not censorship. It's a private company. It's exactly the same as oh, Pizza Express. The difference between censorship and banning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same as Pizza Express saying, um, you can't change your kid's nappy on the table. Not on top of the pizza. Well, uh, y- yeah, you know, like, what's going to happen? The shit's not going to go anywhere. Uh, it'll be gone pretty quickly. Well, we we, we kind of go up at the end. Sure. I mean, there was we're good at changing nappies and all the rest of it. But there are there are just those rules because it's a private establishment. Someone wants to change a baby's nappy on a bench in the park. Yeah. Well, that's different. That's a public space. And if he wants to go out and start shouting "gas the Jews" or whatever somewhere in a in a public space. That's different. These are private companies, so I'm all on board with them. Plus, etiquette, kicking so etiquette, Alex etiquette Jones is a different off kind of rule, yeah. anyway. Etiquette is a, an, an agreement of rule around a space. That's right. Know, where we yeah. all feel a little bit safer for. But for these YouTube and uh, I don't know whether you need a platform to put this particular podcast out. Someone to facilitate the broadcast. Needs to be hosted. Right. So there you go. Yeah. So there's a private company at work there who can, who are wholly entitled to make a decision about what they want on their platform. The idea that Facebook belongs to us or YouTube or Twitter belongs to us is a lie. These are not these are not places, public spaces for any communication. They are, for me, private spaces within which the owners of the company get to make a choice. I still have a hesitation though. When I, when I hear yeah, I, 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 I don't think way, I agree I kind of, with you. I, I don't know whether it's just like a heartfelt thing or just a, a fear because it's, it's just one of those things where do you draw those lines? 
And who sure. gets to draw those lines? Sure. And, and where, where does that stop? And uh, and do you know what? I think we mentioned this before on a podcast. We're talking about where etiquette starts and stops because etiquette makes me feel safe. You know, when I'm on a bus or a train, I don't want people shouting n words and c words and stuff yeah. because even though they might have an agreement in their group and it's a bit of fun, it's harmless. I I don't want to even waste my time having to get to know their group and find yeah, out yeah. what their history yeah. is. But as soon as you start enforcing etiquette too much, then I feel unsafe again. You know, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Space yeah. Absolutely. And it's and that's the most dangerous place in the world I've been to are places where you can't speak. But do you, know, you think? Yeah, I quite agree. But do you think the way in which digital communication has amplified uh, our ability to to broadcast absolutely anything we want? Uh, presents a set of challenges for us that we can't necessarily say are the same as sitting on a bus. The etiquette on a bus is you don't, actually, you don't play music out loud on your phone would be, I think... A really lovely one for people to hear. Sure, yes. but but broadly, actually, that that I think, if if someone had the courage to say, is this okay, by the way? Yeah. No, we say no, We generally okay. know it's not. Most of us know it's yeah, not. Yeah, because it's an enclosed space yeah you can choose to get off that oh, bus but this is the question is not whether that's a general understood rule how much <coughs> enforcement there should be of it exactly but digital communication presents i say put them in prison for that one <laughs> straight, straight <laughs> well away. it presents a new set of challenges or if not new then at least an amplified set of criteria for these kinds of broadcasts alex jones the Infowars guy yeah. has made it his business to directly harass parents who i believe lost their children in a mass shooting at Sandy Hook. Right. I'm absolutely fine with two private companies saying, you don't get to do that on our turf. You, by the way, can set up your own one. Fill your boots. I'm not sure. On the Alex Jones thing, on the Sandy Hook, the, the just yeah. harassment of the, of the bereaved parents, that to me seems like something that should be prosecutable. Yes. In law. Is it not? Mm-hmm. It must be. Is it not? I don't it, think so. Is it not? It's really odd. Because it, he's, he's not personally ringing them up, is it? but people did. He can't even visit the grave of his own son, it's fucking horrendous. Mm. Who can't? Uh, the, the Sandy Hook, the guy who lost his son at Sandy Hook. Is a, oh, a specific. Yeah, conspiracy. Right, I haven't seen that. I, I, I heard about it, and it's horrible, really horrible. And if he's to do with putting that out there, I, I don't, maybe there isn't a lot of stuff, but there, there potentially should be. Yeah. Um. So... Once you're in that area, that domain where you can say this probably should be illegal, then I'd be also private companies shouldn't host it and put it out into the world. Who um, should be prosecuted? YouTube for hosting it or the person who said it? Whose responsibility do you think it is? But if he's saying and publishing it, if you can prove it's lies. It, it's, 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 yeah, it feels like some. First of all, it's you know it must be illegal. It's libel, right? If 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 you know if, what, if, you, if you have lost your child and someone is saying not only are you lying about losing your child, you're not even that person, and you're doing it to to roll out a new world order government that will take our guns away, which I assume I'm way is out of my depth here, but I but I think in the states you are absolutely entitled to say what you want, where you want, about what you want. You, you, you um, may, also, you by the way, it's also just not even when you say there's laws, there's libel and so on. You know, I, I watched that. I forgot the name of the film, the one about David Irving's uh, case. Um, oh, right, um, right. Right back at the turn of the century where uh, he claimed um, that the Holocaust didn't really happen and so on. Um, and it, oh, it's a great film, but it's quite, it's quite interesting. It's interesting that the case happened, but you still see how much he's involved in even bringing something like that to court and, he, mm. yeah, and, yeah. and how hard it is to, uh, to, to get a prosecution. And, and it takes months, it takes years, it costs, costs fortunes. 
And, and, and that's I think a weird you're making is also true also because we're in a high speed world now where it's so easy to have a forum and to uh, to make your views public. We can't keep up with all those libel cases. It's, it's, it's too much of it. Yeah, true. So I think there is an argument there has to be some kind of rule or, or the company can make should a rule. Should it be still hesitate right, with just, it? Just to try and bring, bring the yeah. three things we mentioned together. So the thing in the bus or the thing in public mm. park and the thing uh, online. Yeah. I t- first of all, all right, the trigger words were um, uh, gas the Jews and the little dog does a salute. And it's headed something like, mate, your pug's a Nazi, something like that. Um, or your, your, dog, your dog's mm. a Nazi, something like that. It's mm. like sort of Scots. Mm. Um, he's doing it in the privacy of his own home or his girlfriend's home. He puts it out for people to watch and be amused by should they wish to. He's not... It's like no longer the, private, a, though, when it? When it's you said it, that's like it, it's put into the public, yeah. Okay. If they want to, but it's not. It's not posted where you can't help but see it and things. You don't have to click on it. There's also. And it's not the same as yelling "gas the Jews" in a park, right? That's no. It isn't. He isn't it's suggesting different. that the goo, Jews should be gassed. He's making a dog do a nasty salute when he says it. And I think now I don't know anything about this guy. If it were just like if he's 15 and he just likes doing kind of crank calls and mm. doing, you know. And then I think that's important, the, by the way. I think we often forget to look at, not just an artist, but a person's work and what the type of person yeah, they are. Yeah, but I think in this particular case, it shouldn't yeah. matter. I don't think he should have been prosecuted because I think it, it's just, it's about whether you... How would you feel if the puppies start doing it? If <laughs> 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 they're born with these... But I mean, it's getting Other dogs obviously clear. Learn behavior. Nobody has a no. Nobody has a theory of dog mind where they mm. think that the dog understands what it's saluting. We don't know. We don't know. Um, Alex, Alex Jones is genuinely trying to put ideas out there, and is 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 making money from them as well. And I mean, look, I, I haven't I haven't said here on this podcast the fact that Alex Jones spends his time harassing the uh, parents of you know children who lost their lives at Sandy Hook. There's no less crude way of putting this. Suits me because it demonstrates what a awful human being he is and it makes it far easier for me to say rip him off of youtube and rip him off of facebook Mm. very largely for that reason but not exclusively what i also want is his neo-fascist ideology to be banned i want it banned i don't want to see it and i don't think that the new broadcast media that we no longer have to ask permission to use is enough understood yet for us to just go yeah, fill your boots, guys. Do what you yeah. want. There have been Nazis all the time since sec- since the Second World War, but they were Nazi Pete up at the end of the bar, and someone would go, "Oh, don't get him started on the Jews. who go on for ages. Keep him on darts and whether he <laughs> and pork pies. They were always there, but but now they're joining up, and and digital communication is enabling groups to join up. Fine, yeah. good. Some of my groups are joining up. You know, yeah, yeah. socially liberal people are joining up, and I like that. And the Nazis like it, and the incel movement likes it. We're all incels right now because we're all talking to each other rather than having sex. Of course, I'm a volcel, <laughs> and only right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, the, the, are you saying you want us to give you sex? Yes. But 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 this there's three of us. We're three men. This can change. But this thing, I mean, think how popular this podcast will get. But incels, incels are now joining up and discussing and exacerbating a series. I would argue of mental health problems. Groups can find each other now really easily. Yeah, Yeah. and I don't have 
any problem at all with the private companies that own the means by which these companies join up saying, nope. Not on my platform. Okay, let me argue against it. it then, In the same way that a pub or cafe I like saying you uh, are not having, I don't care how benign it is, your Nazi meeting in this cafe. We do avocado on toast here. Get out. What, what if... Okay, first of all, I've got to say, that we, once again, we have covered this, but I've, I've certainly gone from being free speech absolutist to not so sure anymore yeah. uh, as to where lines need or should be, or are okay to be drawn. Yeah. Um, but... I think the trouble with the high-speed age is also we can make wrong decisions really quickly. If we go back to, I mean, even with the incels, okay, if we go back to last century when people were fairly certain, there was a big movement saying that the kids who do Dungeons and Dragons are dangerous and they're, they're more likely to murder, they're more likely to commit suicide. Uh, and it became a, a panic that spread all across America, across Europe. Mm. Uh, and eventually, when they did tests on the kids who played Dungeons and Dragons, they discovered they're more balanced than the average kid, right? Mm. Uh, in the same way with the incels, we've got to remember all through last century, feminists were... Dung, dungaree wearing hairy mm. ugly women who couldn't get laid mm-hmm. right that's how they were perceived mm. so in the same way just because there has been a terrorist incident amongst incels most of them are just a load of disenfranchised kids and and, and what we're hearing is the worst of what they're having to say mm. right so it would be very easy to say let's ban them they're dangerous before we really know whether in fact we, we we're hearing the this exaggerated version of them it, it is that's, the what, that's what worries it's, it's, me about banning things is we don't yes. really know yeah, no, Whether that's, it's something that will fizzle out better on its own. Well, also, there's, extreme, yes. there's extreme right, and that is, it is easier to see what's wrong with the extreme right because we have some pretty well-framed historical examples yeah. and they're in films. Right. And, the, and, and extreme left, although it's discussed a lot less. Well, it is discussed a lot less and most people are much less aware of it. Mm. Much less aware of like, mm. the gulags and like, yeah. what happened in the Soviet Union. But also, mm. you know, let's say, okay, if you think that there is a conspiracy to take away guns or a conspiracy to annihilate the white race through... Um, mm. Uh, what's, uh, what's the word? Misogyny mm. or something. Right? Those are ridiculous, out there, mm. full on views, which presumably you and your argument were just making you would prefer not to be on YouTube mm. with that band. But on the left wing, say something like, right, what if you say uh, gender's not a binary, it's a spectrum? Is that okay on YouTube? Or what if you say gender's not a binary, it's a spectrum, and if you disagree, then you are some, you're, you're transphobic. Or if you disagree, then you are a Nazi. Mm-hmm. This is why I hesitate to say we ban anything by group. It should be where we clearly see that an argument is violent, or, or, or but even a lot of people saying words are aggressive. That, now, but, so uh, yeah, that's well, well, but that's exactly. very, it's very interesting. That isn't it? I mean, if you look amongst our friends and colleagues and families, the amount of mental health issues that exist. Uh, we must talk about mental health, we must talk about mental health, we must talk about mental health. Yeah. There's a constant mantra, mantra now uh, with very few people talking about what one might do about dealing with a mental health issue. But that's kind of a, a side issue. <laughs> if I spit on you, I can be arrested and even imprisoned for common assault. A light push on your shoulder, I can also be arrested for common assault, despite the fact that I've caused no harm to you. If that's seen... That I can be arrested for common assault. It's extremely unlikely because the application of that law is quite rightly, you know, we we mix it up. But, you know, like a couple of people squaring off against each other, the little push on the shoulder is often the thing that then leads to the first proper punch being thrown. Anyway, those minor, those minor tiny things that cause no real harm are prosecutable. 
However, if you call someone, say, a bitch, uh, or... You or just look like you're thinking of someone in particular. A similar... I am. Or a whore, or, you know, or, some, or something else, which may for them cause a good deal more... Uh, anxiety and pain and be harder for them to let go of than being spat on or pushed or even hit why is the one line so absolute you will not make contact with my body that's against the law but you can cross over into my mind with anything you say and I realise I'm representing an extremely dangerous set of arguments here because very quickly you can say anything you say that I perceive to be offensive ought to be prosecutable but we do manage with the physical stuff Hang on, but we've, we've, we now, we've, now got, we've now gone to say things to you which is not the same as publishing things kind of blankly to a, a very yes, interesting point true. Stella yeah. Creasy made recently and I think she might be right on this is that this is on, a, on another podcast because there are others no, um, oh, have you managed to take them all down? <laughs> Sweet. Welcome back to the only podcast remaining. We've we've banned the others. I didn't like yes. to other podcasts apart from this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she she made a great point, which is that she has real difficulty interesting the police in people basically threatening her online, and they say that we don't really consider this a threat. She's like, right, but there comes a point where this does cross over into the real world. And this is the sort of thing the police probably need to have some, at least some. Obviously, they can't chase down everyone as though it is no, an assault. No, no, mate. We're moving into perceived danger an awful lot. No, no, no. But she's talked about she, she talked about specific events where this has happened. Not just where they said one thing, but where they say things again and again and again. And she goes, right, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Which in it's she, difficult, she's, but too much policing presents a danger, and it's everything you do too much of. But just to finish what she said, she went, yeah, you know, if, every... if, something, if something in a pub keeps saying things to you, and you go, all right, mate, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then they go, right, and they start following you. You can, get, you can then appeal to the landlord, mate, do you mind? And the exactly. landlord goes, just back off. But, okay, because I, I there's, agree, there's a point I agree with that, but at what point of persistence is a problem? Okay, so a man asks a woman out. Uh, she says no. He asks oh, her I'm again. Not, I'm not she saying says prosecutor. No. He asks her again and again and again. She says no. Someone put this up recently on, on Twitter and then pointed out at the end that was Obama, right, with Michelle. So, right, do you right. know what I mean? You, a, a, lot of, a lot of relationships do start from someone being persistent. It's really difficult to decide it is. at what point does persistence become dangerous. But that, descri- that description is so amorphous. You mm. could just, right, you, again and again and again, just got what? And he's, he's now doing it from the trunk of a car. He's now, you know, there are so many versions of that that would be horrific yeah. and stalker like. And other versions where they, they remained friends the whole time. And the guy keeps going, well, I'm still interested. Exactly yeah. as you did in, in your argument there, we frame things in a landscape that we can manage and understand. So you said in a bar and you could ask the landlord to intervene. Right? right, that was the example uh, that you gave, and it's very helpful because we can picture that physically. The, the Stella Crisi gave, yeah, uh, yes. uh, the Stella Crisi gave, yeah. It, that's yours a, now. That's a physical, <laughs> that's a physical space with a boss, the landlord, right. in charge, licensed premises, fantastic, very, right. very helpful. He has a duty of care, responsibility. Digital communication. Uh, is also a space within which people exist. You can leave the pub, you can leave Twitter, you can leave Facebook, you can get off these things. It's harder, for me at least, I won't make any assumptions about anyone else, to imagine Twitter, Facebook, YouTube as a space within which these things happen. But all of the etiquettes that you mentioned, 
that we mostly adhere to. And when people step outside, we collectively take action. And I think Britain is a beautifully civilised place for the most part. Online, we have not managed this yet. I'd like to think that we'll we'll grow into it and we'll learn how. But basically, if someone says, uh, you hideous feminazi bitch online, there'll be plenty of people saying, um, that is a totally needless uh, way to speak to somebody and it's massively disrespectful and you are causing harm. Stop that. And at exactly the same moment, lots of other people will pile on and go, uh, not only is she those things, I know where she lives, and anyway, she is a bitch, and look at this picture, and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. So those etiquettes, you just sim- you'd never go back to that pub, ever. You'd be straight, you'd be like, I'm never going in there again. There was a Nazi kicking off at the end of the bar. Yeah. I and a few others said, mate, enough, shush. Either have a pork pie or fuck off. Right. Unfortunately, it turned out most of the people in the saloon bar were also Nazis. Anyway, don't go to that bar. But we don't manage this well yet on uh, on social media. We don't know what well, we're it's, doing it's, yet. It's, it's a room with the whole world in it. You know, I mean, it's, it's not exactly. like you're saying, you're saying and we, we are do not, have something in England, yes, or the UK yeah. certainly. And we're not we're evolutionarily not built to cope with a room that has the whole world in it. And a whole load of people who was who never had a voice throughout the whole of history suddenly have. Yes. Types of people, areas of yeah. people yeah. who who, uh, who have their, it's not 15 minutes of fame, yeah. is it? It's just like everyone can get published now. Yeah. Uh, and to bring, like, yeah. for me at least, to bring this all the way back to, like, doing a show at the Fringe or playing a club. Or, Brilliantly or, done, by or, the way. Or, thank you. <laughs> wherever, I, uh, wherever I'm playing, then I'm, I'm back to a small manageable space within which the things that I have to say... I don't want people to feel the need to walk out because they because I've framed it bad. I mean, sometimes it's going to happen, but I've framed it badly and and it's been misunderstood. I don't mind someone walking out because they understood. It's horrible, <laughs> but that's rare, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. like uh, it, it, I was going to say the worst feeling. It's absolutely not the worst feeling. <laughs> there is but a, it is but it's it really is, up there, though. But it is painful. <laughs> it's painful being misunderstood, especially. Actually, if offence has been taken, yeah. and I mind about offending people, I mind. It matters to me if something I've said has really upset somebody. I had, a, I had an interesting discussion with um, Anne Widdicombe about this. She was talking about the goodness gracious me sketch in which they put Chutney on the body of Christ. Right. And I find that funny. I find it very, very funny. And But I asked her to explain about her experience, and she said, I felt something that I could only describe to you as physical pain when I when I watched that. It hurt me so deeply. Now that matters to me. It really matters to me. Would I, if I'd written that sketch, would I change it? Probably not. Would I refuse to broadcast it? Probably not. But it does right. it does matter to me. There are times I'll t- I'm willing to take prisons. I'm willing to say I'm, I'm writing something. I know some people are offended by it. Yeah. But I believe... I've put all the words in the right place and made my position clear and why I'm saying it clear, right? Yeah. But there are other times where it's horrible when people are offended and you just go, that's not, that clearly, you, you've yeah. taken the word, you've taken a, a part it, of it. I mean, you, you often the description of the offence taken there, if you do have a dialogue with that person, will begin with, oh, so you're saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they'll go like, so what you're saying Yes, is, yes, yes, yeah. And you're exactly. like, yeah. no, what it's, I'm saying is the exact words I did say because I'm a comedian yes. and I spent probably days uh, mashing those words into a shape. So I did say very precisely, I mean, there's a thing I used to do and it, 
this may have this probably was the first time it mattered to me about upsetting somebody many many years ago I used to end my shows which were quite benign and sweet with uh, you've been a lovely audience thank you very much and as you know we come up to the millennium it's late 90s we come up to the millennium and there are all sorts of changes afoot um, you know I, I just think it's important to say never forget Noel Edmonds killed a man thank you good night <laughs> and I'd walk off and I loved it I loved doing yeah, it it was yeah. such a little uh, booby trap yes. and um, I was in a bar in Winchester and a fella came up to me after the show, I mean, a cracking gig. And he said, uh, that was my dad. And I oh, went, fuck. what? Who? Right. Who was your dad? And he went, um, the Late Late Breakfast show, the, the man that died. It was my dad. And I was like, oh, God, please ground open up and swallow me. I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I literally don't know what to say to you now. Can I at least buy you a drink? I mean, I'm so, you know, yeah. you can imagine I've Two, been maybe. doing that as a joke uh, because it was so nebulous and out there and oh, the was odds he of this. Though? Not exactly. I offered him a drink and he went, no, thanks, and walked off. And obviously I sort of stood there feeling quite ashamed and very guilty and embarrassed. And he came back about 10 minutes later, which is probably why it's more easy for me to tell the story, and went, actually, you can buy me a drink. Um, I had to think about it and. Yeah, I can totally see how this is this is incredible from your point of view that I should be here. Oh, and, that's and yeah, you owe me a drink. Yeah, it was very cool. Also, that's, that's I mean, impressive. Worth saying also, uh, when I did God Collar, my show about a crisis of atheism, basically, I had, had had happily successfully been an atheist for a long time, lost my best friend uh, quite unexpectedly to a heart attack, and felt an aching absence of something ethereal and magical to talk to that was roughly what the show was about whilst saying all of the versions of god presented to me are absolutely objectionable and disgusting and i had people write letters to me muslims write letters to me saying saw your show um really really hated what you had to say about the prophet muhammad right and that was it you know like a very reasonable uh interplay afterwards where yeah. i was like i'm so pleased you came I had my say for ages. Now you've had yours, and I've listened. And yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't change it. But the offence, yeah. it does matter to me. Mm. I don't like it when comedians are like, go. I was a bit much for them. Like that's something to be proud of, or yeah. like you know, ah, oh, fuck them. They were so PC or blah blah blah. I'm like, that's not very interesting. <laughs> or they commit or like those shows where people like we're putting on a dirty show or a risky show. There's a there's a club. Um, I mentioned it to Nick actually when we talked about this podcast. There's a club night being promoted where they say no self censorship. They they sort they sort of want it to be not not I think for right wing comedians but maybe the more libertarian right uh, yeah. or absolute libertarian uh, mindset. I'm like well no I I censor tons of what I do very consciously I choose carefully about what things I'm I don't mind you being upset about because I think you're really wrong yeah you know? yeah 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 um weirdly more and more as I've got older maybe this is what happened out of god collar um I do mind about needlessly upsetting people who have a basic a basic faith at work in their lives uh, that works for them, where few or none of the politics associated with their religion uh, seem, at least, to affect much of their thinking. I'm like, 
I don't really want to make your day much shitter. I'm certainly not going to get into a creationist argument with you. But no, do you think I, it makes sense that, that comedy is much more offensive than serious? I mean, very often... No, they're, they're, they're I, often no that's like mad, even, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's, very often you, you're mentioning something on stage, which is being covered all over the press, and every possible view on it is being said in, in, yes. in, in serious form. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and so on, and in an angry form. Yeah. And then we're making a joke, and suddenly just... Just the subject is more offensive because there's humour added to it. Yeah, but also that's that's partly the the price for the deal that we make, isn't it? The deal is if you laugh, I'm doing my job. That's it. Like right. that's I love that interaction. A deal with the devil. <laughs> sure. I mean, but it's We've really simple. Like I've done lots of acting and da da da. You know, handed a script or whatever. What we do is is if you laughed, I did my job. That's that's really really it. It's quite simple. And I think if someone doesn't laugh because they're incapable of laughing because what you said pushed too many buttons for them they can argue quite justifiably you didn't do your job okay. not for me for the rest of the room you did but you didn't and if you were my waiter you didn't bring me my soup that's, right. that's a weird review yeah. sometimes you'll read a review of um, people around me were weeping with laughter and I hated it if, it if only reviewers yes, yeah. would say that more though don't you think I think that should be an absolute professional courtesy yes it for should a be no, I know meaning. Yeah, including yeah. when yeah. when they've seen a show that I, you know that I personally would hate and I really <laughs> I kind of want them to go this was terrible but yeah. frankly whether let's say lots of comedians have concluded for reasons quite beyond me that Michael McIntyre is in some way a terrible comedian I'm like really how do you even get there but I'm like, if you go, if you're a Stuart Lee fan and you go to a Michael McIntyre show and you conclude that Michael McIntyre is no good or too banal or whatever, I think if you don't put, I was surrounded by people yes. doubled over yes, with absolutely. laughter yeah. who who left singing his routines. That's fundamentally dishonest. I really think so, because it's a review of what but happened. I also think that when they're doing those reviews, they're not actually having to go at the comedian as much as the audience. You know, when someone That's true. sits there yeah. hating a show and yeah. everyone's laughing around and they get and I think they do, do generally feel that I think they start feeling you start feeling angry with people laughing at a thing that you're not yes. finding yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. one of the things of laughter that you don't think of uh, very much. I did um, an interview with uh, Sophie Scott, Professor Sophie Scott, who did uh, yeah. one of the Christmas lectures last year, but she's oh, yeah. a, a neuroscientist who specialises in the new sense of laughter. Yeah. And one of the first things she said was, because uh, we, we started talking about, she, she wants to do an experiment where she wires everyone in the audience up and she wires the comedian up and watches all these things that happen when you know one person yeah. makes loads of people laugh at the same time. And we were talking about that amazing thing, what you want as a comic to get the whole, when, when the audience becomes an animal. Yes. That yeah, whole yeah. amazing energy in a room. Yeah. And she went, yeah. Or it can be exclusive as well. And what do you mean? Well, there's nothing more to make you feel outside a group than everyone laughing except you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, So it, as powerfully yeah. as it includes, yeah. it excludes as well. The strangest thing is where someone does shout your shit when you're storming. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we still have the power then. It's awful when someone calls us on mm. it and it's, it's, we yeah. don't have the audience's love to, yeah. to deal with that. But but it's strange with that confidence someone has that they're, they're certain this is rubbish. Yeah. they're not getting it. And <laughs> I've, often I've stopped on the show at that point and explained... That really isn't hurting me. You're just being really rude to everyone else in the audience, and then yeah, 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 which gets them on your side. I always had a woman. I walked on stage in Liverpool. Once. <laughs> I remember I've had to do it before. It's just it wasn't even a heckle. I walked on stage, and a woman on the front row went, 
Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you've seen me before. It's a horrible yeah, gig, yeah. but this gig was a great gig, and I just watched her face because she was right in front of me, just baffled. Yeah. At the same comedian going well that she cle- she must have seen me die at one point. I I remember being astonished by this. So Matt Lucas used to do a stand-up character, Sir Bernard Chumley. Oh, yeah. Which uh, you must have gigged with Sir Bernard Chumley, right? No, I've seen the character. Though. Anyway, yeah. but and I was this was my first year as a comic, maybe about ninety six. I was the compare of the uh, comedy box in Bristol, the Bristol Flyer. Great gig, upstairs room of a pub, just amazing. Yeah. And um, I saw Matt Lucas in there, and I've probably rarely seen an audience laugh as hard since or at least that's my memory of it two weeks later he was booked for jesters which was less than a five minute walk up the road same set same character same guy died so hard on his ass i mean just like amazingly hard death and i was i was so green in comedy i was like that's amazing yeah like that there's yeah. something Terrible! Something terribly dangerous has happened here. There are no guarantees. It's, it's, you know, that's a word that comedians know. For, for years, I, I think when I first started doing comedy, I associate how much I like each city by how much I like the comedy club there and how much the audience sure. like me. Right? Sure. But you begin to learn that even when some clubs they move a couple of miles down the road and it's the same club and suddenly the atmosphere's gone. It's, it's, it's just yeah, a yeah, completely yeah, different yeah. audience. But space. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before we turned the microphone on. There was a test where they gave people good wine and poor wine and uh, they were able to tell the difference and then they gave them poor wine whilst playing a symphony and they loved the poor wine. They gave them poor wine whilst drilling and angle grinding outside and they hated it and said it was disgusting. So atmosphere and all sorts of things are at play on a person's capacity to enjoy something. It's also what you bring in as an individual to a show and... Well, we have you know. to rise above things, but at the same time, we often as comics, we, we've been doing it so long now that we look at a room straight away and we get some different kind yeah. of feeling that, okay, the tables, that's going to affect stuff, whether it's in yeah, the yeah, tables, yeah. whether they're facing each other or facing the stage, are they in rows, is the uh, the lighting nice and so And in, in club comedy, particularly where there's often a compare, the first couple of things that get a laugh in a room, you know, having to work to reset from that starting point uh, is annoying and frustrating. I mean, this is what happened at Jonglers. You know, I used to love playing Jonglers. I had a great time. And then they opened so many clubs that there simply weren't enough compares to do them. Yeah. You know, to be to be decent compares. That's how all empires collapse. Yeah, and you, yeah, sure. The, the local governance was pretty weak. Yeah. You know, and there'd be a compare. Yeah. <laughs> there'd be a compare would go on and begin the show by pointing at someone's shirt and announcing it was gay or finding a table with three women and one man and saying, oh, how much were this lot then? And you're like, okay, well, now the yeah. agenda in the room is one that will need to be grabbed and wrestled all the way across to where I can do what I want to do. Yeah. And I think, uh, and I thought then, and I stand by it, that what I want to do is better than that. Right. There's a line, it's better than that, you know? Right. The, from those sorts of shitty laughs. And I've got sh- plenty of shitty laughs, you know? The Noel Edmonds thing was kind of a shitty laugh. Cheap shot for nothing. We can't have every laugh great, can we? We can no. still strive. Yes, we try. All right, finally, is, it, is there an Edinburgh audience? No. No such thing. People talk about that all the time, I think. You know, for usually people who rarely or never come to the festival, the idea of this sort of 
Is it I an don't excuse? Know. They all think? come in. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a nonsense. There are people coming through from Glasgow. There are people from all over Scotland. Plenty of people from Edinburgh okay, who are who are cultured. Wait a second. Doesn't that already make it for a different audience than you're going to get in most clubs? Most clubs you've got mostly a local audience. But up yeah, here, yeah. you've got an audience that they're international, they're uh, yeah. and they're from different parts of Scotland and, and England and so on. They're so arriving as well at a show where they accept there's likely to be, if not a theme, then at least one personality to buy into. It's about the person and not about the club. You know, the theatres are not theatres. They're black box spaces, almost all of them. All right, best. but also, also the clubs during the year, you're, most of your audience, you're the show they've seen that week. Yeah, sure. Whereas here, yeah. you're, you're the fifth show you're they've fifth seen today, right? Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, yes, uh, and that's a big factor. Yeah. I was wondering as well, if they've come to see you because your name's on the show and you're doing an hour, maybe yeah. at the level you are, yeah. you tour. Yeah. So people do come to see you because your name's on the poster. Yes, that's true. And so maybe it does differ less for you than uh, it does. Yes, that might well be right. Kind of weekend yeah. clubs where they would turn up whoever was on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say, but the reason I so easily dismiss the idea of an Edinburgh audience is really the audience I'm playing to here are pretty similar to who I play to on tour. Right. And, right. and and that's all a bit why I now find 20 minutes in a club both scary and quite challenging. I'm not that kind of boxer anymore. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah, match, yeah, I'm yeah. not match yeah. fit for that. Yeah, I see people go out and do 20 minutes and I'm like, that was astonishing. And, and truth, truth be told, I mean, there's enough laughter packed into that 20 minutes. Like, bang, laughed, huge laughter that I sort of do get over an hour probably, you know, it's different. I'm telling yes, stories and all the rest of it. And you can't, I don't think it's, is it possible? There are certainly some comics who can play a full hour the same way they play a 20 minute set. And, yep. they're, and they're the absolute elite of, <laughs> of, of, of us, you know, yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just, I just, I just nodded in a more, yeah, yeah, sort of way rather than not this year. And <laughs> more humility than you. <laughs> oh, that's even an interesting point. You know, you say not this year. You know that that obviously you're doing the show that you're doing at any given time, and you want the show that you're doing to be the best that it can possibly be, and all the rest of it. I think over time. There's definitely an acceptance looking. You're going to do it looking back. That's you know some shows are better than others. It's not linear. Yeah, but it's not know, linear progression. And you know, I think the trouble is when you're not a big name though. Is sometimes you like last year I did a show which was all music based. And to me, anyone for some people who've seen quite a lot of my shows, mm. it was really nice because I was doing something different. Yes, yeah. do you know. Yeah. But people who haven't seen my shows, that's just who I am this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years yeah. ago, I found yeah. that I, I was no good at telling stories on stage, so I did a story show just to push myself mm. into doing that. Yeah. And then suddenly, there's loads of reviews going, Kerry Marks being a comedian who tells stories. And I was quite gratified to have that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like they yeah. didn't know that I'd never had beaten before. And but that's exactly, that's exactly why I love the festival and why only a very few, but some people find it pretty objectionable. The idea of you saying, for example, not a skill set and in front of... Uh, punters who've come to a show I wanted to see if I could do a workout you yeah. know it's kind of objectionable in the same way like I'm doing my first character show your first character stand up show this year <laughs> a bit to see how well I can do that but that's what I love about the festival because yeah. I think it's it's a fringe festival for a kickoff. 
and the ticket prices are expensive, but they do reflect that, you know. And I'm like, well, yeah, good. You know, this is about yeah. trying stuff, isn't it? Try yes. new things and see yeah. what happens. You'll get that in the future. You're going, one of the main horned comedians. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they'll be absolutely gobsmacked next year. Yeah, well, he's had some work done. Yeah, Brigstock, who's this year performing with one horn in his unicorn show, <laughs> has made a radical departure from previous two horn shows. Come, come back as God next year and disagree with everything. That yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I actually got to be on board with this one, I reckon. <laughs> Lovely. All right. I awesome. Think that's about the amount, amount of time we have today. But, Marcus, thank you very much. No for worries. Part of this, yeah. In our chat. Thank you, thank you for Thanks joining for chatting us with me. Citizen of Nowhere. Just nice talking to people. Mention your show and where it's Thanks. on anyway. Not that oh, you the, probably need to, but... No, uh, I do, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt the Experian advert's taken its toll. <laughs> 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 um, uh, the show is called Devil May Care. It's at 6.30, Pleasance Beyond, and then touring for the rest of the year. Oh, cool. All right. Unless, yeah. unless it's really shit, and then I'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> We should probably say what we're on. Yeah, I think I, you should. I think, I think we should really. Just in case people, are, up yeah, at the festival. just in case people listen to a podcast like us, yeah. <laughs> it's unlikely. But um, and I'm on at Subway at seven thirty. Yeah, not the Subway, as in uh, the shop where you can buy yeah, I'm not, I'm not, but, yeah, I'm not in an underground <laughs> station or a sandwich shop. It's a nightclub called Subway. And you know what the show is called? Uh, the show is called PG. PG, uh, and. Carey, carey, quite contrary. Hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy to remember. Yeah, and uh, and it teaches people how to say my name properly, and it's got my name in the title twice. That's that? good. Yeah, <laughs> six fifteen at Whistle Binkies. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers. From myself, Carey Marks, and me Nick Doody, and me Marcus Brickstock. Goodbye. Good night. Good night.